Breaking news. Breaking news. Ticket fans. The ticket fans. <laughs> the captain is going to break some news right now. Nadab Joseph, a top 100 recruit out of Miami, no longer with the program. He's out of there. Finito. He's gone. Transfer portal. He gone. Strikes again. Yep. It's like a snake. Came up and bit Nebraska again. The Cobra. Coming right back. It is what it is. Jo- I mean, it is. I mean, listen. Like, it's crowded. It's wild, though, because now it's – I mean, my reaction when I read it while you were on the phone there still, it was like, all right, there's another one. We're, we're at that point where it feels like, okay, somebody new entered the portal today. Hey, hey listen, we got we to you gotta, you gotta find another one bites the dust for me. I'll, I'll find it during the break. Yes, we'll get another it. one bites the dust, okay? Because every time one gets in the but, transfer portal, that's what we're playing. I mean, am I wrong, though? It's that whole thought of just okay, another one. Listen, well, so there, it would be hard of options. We talked about this, you know. They they've got six DBs in the twenty twenty two class. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got Gould, Player of the Year in New Jersey. You got Martin. You got uh, I believe Malcolm Horton or Hartsko or whatever you say. It's yeah, Hartzog, I believe. Hartzog. Okay, you got Gage, and then you got Deshaun Singleton in the transfer portal. JUCO and, guy. Yeah, JUCO guy, and then you you also have I mean the Tommy. Tommy Hill, yeah, from Arizona State. Okay, transfer portal. Yeah. Okay. Now, what and we know. Possibly adding another another one. Yeah, JUCO transfer portal. JUCO transfer portal. We know we use those guys from JUCO and the transfer portal. So if you're a younger guy, you've been at the university for two years, you're on scout team your first year, maybe you're on scout team your second year, and then they're bringing in guys that are guys, you get a little, you get a little antsy a little bit. Yeah. Well, and it kind of just speaks. And the, and the dab's a guy. He's had injury issues. Um, I, I know he only got to play. I was reading. He only got to play five games at Independence Community College. I believe he was signed to go to Georgia before then, then went to Independence in, in Kansas, only played in five games because of injury, never cracked the rotation at Nebraska because of injury and maybe just guys that were. Think about Why the experience. Why did we recruit secondary. him? Why, well, think about that. A guy oh. Oh, that's hurt. that's a that's an interesting question there. If you're hurt, VJ? if you're if you you only made it five games at a JUCO squad, yeah. Why did we say it was important that we pick you up? Because nine times out of ten, if a guy is hurt, then he's going to be hurt now. I mean, you can't make the club in the tub. Yeah, it's not going to work. Can't be up in the in the in the dressing room, in the tape room, in the in the in the rehab room. Thinking that you're going to play for Nebraska if you're hurt. Now, I, 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 Nadab, I don't know what his situation is. I do know he left the program, though. And I, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you hate to see those guys leave because, you know, it's just what I was talking about with, with Jock. Jock was a guy who was on scout team his, almost his entire career, if you will, right? But he found it so important and he had so many relationships mm-hmm. with other guys. See, now is a selfish mentality of football players before it was, hey, you know they talk about football being the ultimate team sport, right? So if we're talking team, the only I that I see is in win. But the team has to get everything in order first in order to win. And and that's what we're not seeing. And we're seeing guys just defect. Yeah, and looking, I was telling you during the break, there's a lot of um, uncertainty now with the defensive back room. There already was. It's not like losing Nadab Joseph was, oh, my gosh, that d- totally destroys the whole defensive back room. But it's another body that's not there that was there last year that's been here. 
And, and they were on studs. Yeah. Cam Taylor Britt. You talked about yeah. Cam, Williams. Cam Taylor Britt, Deontay Williams, Mark Hill Dismuke. Gone. Quentin Newsom, definitely I mean, he was starting last year. Is he Cam Taylor Britt? Is he a Deontay Williams? We'll see. It's yet it's a question mark, right? If he if if he understands his worth, what he will understand what mm-hmm. we're losing and that he's got we gotta find the next guy. It's an opportunity. Look at look at it as an opportunity. Come on, Q. You got Q. But, you and Farmer. But yeah, exactly. Now you can look throughout that whole room and say, all right, if you're if you're Gage Stanger from Millard South, Omaha kid, right? Millard, I guess, if you want to be technical about it. Um, Braxton Clark dealt with injuries. Finally, is starting to crack the rotation if if he stays healthy, right? Noah Pola Gates, another high level recruit. Everybody's been excited about out of Arizona. Hasn't been able to it's crack time the rotation. For him to play. But there's been opportunities, and we can dive down this rabbit hole. Special teams. Oof. Special teams is a way for guys that are farther down on the depth chart to make a name, not only make a name for themselves, get experience, and embrace the opportunity. But then, but then, it, it, but see, Nick, if you're talking special teams, you're talking team. See, oh, there's yeah. some guys. It's a rabbit I hole. I mean, look at those guys that running back that left. Why wouldn't we have used them as special teams on yeah. punt team? On kickoff team, on punt return team, you know, you put your best guys out there. That's going to give you the best chance to win. I, I look every time I watch Alabama play or the playoffs games, like over the weekend. It was they have Jameson Williams on on kickoff return. They have Slade Bolden. They're one, two top receivers with John Mechie out. They're they're back there returning kicks. They're returning punts. Special players. They want to play. Make special plays on special teams. Mm-hmm. That is a that listen, Coach Osborne would always say it's worth seven to ten points per game. Special teams. Like one score? Is, Se- that, is that what you're saying? It's one, worth one score? One score. Oh my goodness. It, it all comes full circle. One score. Special teams. You think I mean seven to ten points. We win uh, we're nine and three. Special teams. How, you know, I, I, one of the questions that I had that. Uh, well, you win Iowa. You definitely win you Iowa. You win Iowa, you win Michigan State. You're 5 I, I and 7. I think you win Ohio State, too. Yeah, okay, so you're 5 and 7, you 6 win, and 6. You win Illinois. And, and here's a question. You that, win Michigan State. Here, here's a bigger question. You if win you, Michigan. If you're 5 and 7 or 6 and 6, Husker fans are happy. <laughs> oh, which okay. See, and I I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I we haven't been able to talk about this quite yet. There's there's tons of time, but Husker fans are maybe not happy. That's not the right word. They're okay. We're okay. They're feeling okay. I agree with that. And and I don't know where you sit in this whole thought, but I've talked a lot about it on my show. At some point, it has to stop being about progress. Yeah, and we, it has to start being about wins. The proof is in the pudding. It's only about wins and losses, folks. It is not about how you play the game if you're losing. It's how you play the game when you're winning. That's what you want to be remembered for, mm-hmm. winning games. Are you going to win them all? Absolutely not. But the fact that we are we – are, we're, we're bent on saying that because we're only are one loss, we lost all these games yep. by one score. Listen, that means that don't mean a hill of beans. Just because you lose by one score or you lose by one point, guess what you are? Loser. You're still a loser. Yeah. Okay. So we got to figure out how we can turn those one 
uh, score losses into some wins mm-hmm. by doing things the right way, by not jumping off sides, by being disciplined, by knowing how to tackle, by, by staying low, by staying on your blocks. Defensive line, get off your blocks. Linebackers, fill the gaps. Make the plays that you're supposed to make. Safeties, don't bite and get beat deep for six on third and a mile. And those, those are the things that you can control. Control the controllables. Right? And once it goes back to everything we kind of talked about yesterday. There's a part of that that falls on the athlete, but a big part of it falls on the coaching. Well, you know, I think 90% falls on, on, on the coaching in the beginning. Here's why. Because you as a coach, you go out, you scour all these players, mm-hmm. potential players, right? Yeah. You get down to about 100 of them. Then you scour them a little bit more. You scrutinize them more. You get down to about 30 to 40 players that you say, okay, these guys are on my my board. I want this guy. If this guy gets taken by USC, we'll go back down to this guy. And you keep going all the way till you figure out these are the guys who I want to go into their homes. I want to talk to mom and dad. I want to convince them to come to my university to play for me. That that all – and – yeah, you're, first of all, yes. Um, second of all, then when you want to fast forward to when they're on campus, right, and, and in a game situation on a Saturday afternoon, you got to continue that thought by putting them in positions to be successful. Absolutely. You can't. And so that that's my whole thing of when if we want to continue this, this you know, thought of special teams, I guess. If you're not putting the, the players that are – the best on your team at special teams on special teams, then then it's almost a disservice not only to the athlete but to the program. I, I think to to the program first and then the athlete because I mean listen the program is going to be here long after all of us are, yeah. are dead and gone if this world keeps ticking right program will still be there so you're exactly right you gotta you gotta look at the program first but then you gotta look at the development of the kid second mm-hmm. and say hey. You get people involved in special teams, they feel like they're a part of the team. When you have a guy that's a running back that may be sitting on the bench, he's buried on the bench, but maybe he's a good athlete and he could help you on special teams, you throw him out there. Coach Osborne played his best players on special teams. I'm telling you that right now. Best players play special teams. Well, just a couple weeks ago, Jamison Williams from Alabama, I, I mentioned it, he was on punt coverage. He got a targeting penalty. He was kicked out on special teams on punt coverage. So like, like they're, they're, that's what I'm saying. Like, there no, I'm I'm not saying that as a as a argument to not play them, but I'm saying they are playing them at, at places like Alabama, at those top tier programs, because they don't care, because they're going to play hard, and they don't care they they don't care if they're a wide receiver first and special teams player second, because I would assume that a place like that, you you got to give a hundred percent, or else it's next man up. And Nick Saban's that that guy with that mentality of, all right, if you don't want to be a part of this, we don't need you. You need us more than we need you. You play to win the game. You practice to win the game. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why you even put a helmet and shoulder pads on is to win the game. Yeah. Period. And we have to get back to practicing to win the game, playing to win the game. But it starts in practice first. I mean, it just it just does, man. So I, I'm I'm kind of sick to see. Uh, Nadab Joseph Lee. Yes, one second here. I got something for you. Uh oh. Another one by 
There it is. <laughs> My guy Nick. Shout out to Mark. Mark dropped this in there. He and got another one. And another one. Another one bites the dust. Hey, we're gonna get to two. Another one bites the dust. There it is. The dab Joseph bit the dust. Out of there. Hey man, next man up. Ain't that what they say? Yeah, absolutely. Next man, somebody's gotta be the next guy up. Yeah. Hey, look, five, we used to have five and six people deep, and I'm telling you, everybody wanted to be the guy. So you couldn't fall off. Is it, how big of a concern is it if the guys that are third on the depth chart, let's just go middle of the road, are okay with being third on the depth chart? It's not okay. That's not a good deal. Because they got, they have to want to be the starter because that's what pushes the starter to be greater. Competition? I mean, hard, yes, competition. <laughs> hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard. Give me that hardworking guy. He doesn't have to be the most talented guy, but if he outworks his competition, I want that guy because he's going to fight a little harder. He's going to give a little bit more. He's going to show you what Husker Power really is. And, and, and listen, ticket fans, Husker Power is the ability to go 150 miles an hour after you get tired. Let me say that again, Nick. Mm-hmm. You just worked out for two and a half hours. I do it every day, twice a day. Somebody said, after your workout, <laughs> we need you to go work out again for two and a half hours. A lot of people would say, I've already worked out for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I want something to eat. I don't know what to do. But the Husker power player says, let's go. Let's hit the weight pile again. And not only am I going to hit the weight pile again, I'm going to give you three hours. And I'm going to give you all above and beyond the call of duty mm-hmm. so that you know the next time you want to call me to the carpet and call me to go do a double workout, I'm going to make you question your decision to call me to go do that double workout because I'm going to work you out harder than you thought you were going to work me out. Start a ball. Start a cookie crumbles. We've gotten a couple texts in the last couple minutes. Um, one unnamed texter says, both Michigan running backs play special teams. Yeah. Eric and Lincoln says this, does the coach fumble for the football or the player? Just like basketball, does the coach miss the free throw or the player? It's more 50-50 blame to him. I, listen, it, it, I, I like the 50-50 blame, but it's not because the coaches get paid millions and hundreds of thousands of dollars to coach the players. The 18-year-old player that might not have ball technique, never learned how to, to, to know the six, seven points on a ball, never knew to catch the X on a ball. That's for a coach mm-hmm. to teach them. how. That's why you call it a coach. A coach is nothing but a teacher of whatever sport they're playing. So I, I, I take more blame and I put it on the coach because at the end of the day, if a kid dropped a ball in my offense, if he dropped multiple balls, you know what he's doing after practice, Nick? Catching balls. He's going to catch 200 balls before he goes in. And then if he continues to do it, now i got to figure out, does he need glasses? Mm-hmm. Is he wearing the wrong gloves? You know, i got to figure out as the coach and the elder statesman, what's the problem? Well, and I've mentioned, I've, I've talked about it a little bit, Mickey Joseph at his introductory press conference, he talked about how he doesn't want to overcoach players. That's that's another fine line that you kind of have to walk as a coach is that you you can't overcoach guys. You assess their strengths, you assess their weaknesses, and you develop their weaknesses and sharpen their strengths. That's exactly what Mickey Joseph said. Because he goes, I'm not going to go take some guy's strengths and change them. He goes, why would I do that? That's overcoaching. That's something I don't need to do. I need to be focusing on what I need to develop in that athlete. 
and it's it's things like that those little things that you don't think about is is sometimes where where you cross the line as coaches try to change it and conform an athlete to what they want well, that's but, why you recruit the it's athlete not, it's not, for what you want mm-hmm. you already know going in hey i've looked at countless hours of this kid i've watched him in this situation. One of the things I learned when I was in the NFL that some of the NFL exec and coaches taught me was this. They said, you know, it's so funny to us when we have guys that, that come out here, they want to play NFL ball, they want to make all this money. Mm-hmm. But then we, we're, we're watching, the eye in the sky don't lie. We're watching how they pick their nose on the sideline. He said, and, and when, I, when I thought about that, that meant they're watching every aspect of what you do. So what you do speaks so loud, you never have to open up your mouth. But as a coach, you're (laughs) – Oh, right? And, and, okay, here, pause. That can go for both the player and the coach. Absolutely. Now, that's a 50-50 deal. What you do speaks so loud, you never have to open up your mouth. Because the actions, what you learn, Mm -hmm. what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, nobody had to tell – the reason why we were champions was not because we did Boy Epley's workout. It was because we did Boy Epley's workout, and then we did more. We didn't just sit there and say, okay, we're going to do the minimum. So as a player, a player has to have the right mindset to say, okay, coaches can only do so much. They can only spend so much time with me. Now I got to take what I've learned from the coaches and take it to another level. That's yeah. when you start to see the great players. We get this off the text line. I'll, I'll ask if you agree with it. Kent asks, or says it's seventy five percent coaching to twenty five percent players in college. Those numbers reverse at the next level. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like seventy five twenty five. I can't. I can't. It'd be hard for me to justify arguing that point. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get to the league, I don't. I don't know necessarily that I buy that twenty five seventy five in the league. Because I learned more in the league than I did in college. Because when you get to the league, you don't have you don't have 130 players running around. You know, a coach doesn't have to deal with 15 players in the linebackers room. You know what I'm saying? You're dealing with five. So now you're starting to learn some of the nuances of the game. Coaches are more hands on when they get you to the league because their job depends on it. Does. Da 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 da. And you can't be a part-time player. You can't be a part-time player. You know what I mean? You got to be a full-time player and a full-time coach. A full-time coach never takes a day off when it comes to coaching his young men that he is accountable for, one, because he's called a coach, two, because they play these guys hundreds of thousands of dollars to coach. Man, that music means we got to take a break. It's me. It's it's me and Nick right now. Yes, sir. 93.7, the ticket. Rashawn Jackson, the captain.